fighting against the woke establishment, rhino Republicans, and anyone else that stands in his way. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Samuel McGuire Show on the Red Future Radio Network. Today we have a wonderful and special guest. Uh, he's from Southern Ohio. Uh, he's got that wonderful accent, and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, his name's Dalton Black. Uh, Dalton, how are you doing today? And thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm doing great, Sam. Thanks for having me today. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, it's really good to have you on the show and uh, you know talk about all of the madness that's going on in our country and our state. There's a lot going on and just so much to talk about. That's for sure. Absolutely. But already, man. Uh, so I got like a list of things that we're gonna kind of you know talk about and uh, you know for the first the first thing on the list is uh, the Georgia runoff uh, U.S. Senate runoff election with Raphael Warnock and obviously Herschel Walker. So. Uh, if you just want to talk about that, you know, what, what do you think about that? Well, I I think the Republican Party missed it by a lot. I with low voter turn with what should have been a low voter turnout should have been great for the Republican Party in Georgia. I think with a lot of the uh, Biden policies that we see right now, uh, really affecting the even the agricultural communities in Georgia, just along with everyday people, that should have been an easy win, I believe, for Republicans. I thought it would be close, but it should have been Herschel Walker going for it. But I really, in my mind, I think that maybe we should have thought about a potentially different candidate for the Georgia race. Yeah. I mean, you can always say that, but once you, uh, once you're in the primary and then the, the juggernaut of all, of all political people, Donald Trump endorses, you know, Herschel Walker in the primary, it's kind of hard to, you know, outdo that. It's about like J.D. Vance here in the state of Ohio, as some would say. But, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that statement, um, you know. But it is what it is, right? I mean, he was the Republican candidate, and, you know, the people of Georgia should know that they have to, you know, it's kind of the, that's one of the things that, you know, you have to do. You have to you have to vote red for that one, you know. Exactly. I, can maybe, I can maybe understand not voting for Brian Kemp because of what he's done to you. It's about like me not wanting to vote for Mike DeWine. But, uh, you know, J.D. Vance, he's never been in office before, so at least let him screw up before, you know, he doesn't, you know, I, you got he's innocent until proven guilty, right? Everybody wants to talk about how he's going to be a sellout, whatever. Okay, I mean, he might sell out, yes, most politicians do, but at least give him a chance, right? And Exactly. I mean, he's an outsider, Herschel Walker outsider, right? So, yeah, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, the people of Georgia didn't vote red and, when you have a, a Republican governor and then a Republican secretary of state, you think it's almost an automatic, right? But Right. I, and I've looked today, Georgia turned red in every statewide race except for U.S. Senate. That might be a sign saying, you know, maybe the Republican Party has shifted a little bit. And maybe we have moderates that are in the Democrat Party that have shifted as well, that used to maybe vote Republican here and a Democrat there. But I think really the political environment in Georgia has shifted so much that we'll see statewide races. We'll see ballot splitting uh, for lack of better terms. Do you think it's that like state, uh, what is it called? Swing state basically effect, right? Are, are, are these states like Ohio and Georgia and Arizona, and Pennsylvania, what? obviously becoming more and more tougher battleground states for Republicans and Democrats, obviously that be much more of swing states. Cause obviously you look at Ohio, it's pretty locked down, but is Georgia locked down? I mean, is it a guaranteed well, when you, win for, for president Trump in 2024? Well, be honest with you. Whenever you look at the late nineties into the early two thousands and even up to a couple years ago, Georgia turned red and that was a big red state for Republicans and Republicans always thought that we had it locked down, but Honestly, I think we've lost it. I think it has become a tougher battleground state. Ohio has become more red over the last, I would say, 10 to 15 years that we've seen. And really, it just comes down to the shift in the Republican votes. A lot of people that typically wouldn't vote are out being more, uh, what's the word, open in the political environment. I think they're coming out of every which way to come vote because that's what they believe in. They see the trajectory this country's gone on. 
But at the same time, you look down in Georgia to change policy, you have to vote differently. And obviously, we must have missed a mark somewhere because if you're going to vote red, that would change policy in Washington. But they voted blue, so we've kept the same policy. Even though we lost the Senate already back in November, we need to look at the long term. Do you because think, Raphael Warnock sends for six more years? Yeah, and he is a disgrace and a disaster to our, our republic. But uh, Dalton, do you or do you think that uh, that um, you know, for instance, you have someone like Raphael Warnock, and that's somebody who they're uh, you know going up against. Do you think that people, the people of Georgia, were just maybe discouraged because we didn't win back the Senate, we didn't have a red wave like people were? We're talking about so they just didn't show up and vote that's exactly what i believe i think whenever they looked at the uh totality of the circumstances for the senate they thought well we've already lost so why bother wasting time to go vote and yeah. i think that's what brought a lot of it but same can be said with the democrat side because if you look at the voting map southern georgia turned a little bit more republican than what they did in the last runoff election that they had for senate so I think there were I think there were votes lost on both sides, but sadly it just happened to be the Republican side that lost more votes than the Democrats did. Yeah, and that's interesting because um, in 2020 there were political figures out there telling people not to even vote in that runoff in Georgia because that was ex- ex- after the fraudulent election in 2020. So that is a curious stat. You would think that less people would have voted in 2020 than they would have 2022 Republicans anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of this, I guess while we're breaking it down, um, is there most definitely a chance for voter fraud in the state of Georgia? I mean, do you think that they could have stolen it from Herschel Walker and and I guess the conservatives? Because, I mean, if you look at the uh, stats, if you paid attention to the percentage of the polling, you know, that was coming in, um, it was almost absurd because, you know, I looked at it in IAM and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, Herschel Walker's done. But then 57% of the votes in and Herschel Walker has a lead and, you know, it, it kind of just comes down to the wire again. And it seems like a lot of these key races always, you know, the J- John Fetterman, for instance, they, they found, you know, they, they got enough ballots to make sure that he won. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it's just weird, right? Well, here's one thing I will say. I won't tell you that 100% there was voter fraud, but I also won't tell you that there wasn't voter fraud. It seems awfully strange to me, and this this is just my thoughts, this is nobody else's thoughts, but just me thinking and looking at the big picture. Isn't it strange that it just so happens that we get 80 to 90% of the vote in and all of a sudden, these big Democrat counties just have a major voter drop of Democrat ballots that come out of nowhere. Yep. And it always somehow tops the Republican votes. I mean, we've seen that. I believe it was in Arizona with uh, Blake Masters. Same thing happened out there. Yeah, and Carrie Lake. I mean, the, the, it, yeah. Exactly. So, it, but in my mind, if you want to show, if you want to throw out rock solid proof that voter fraud happened, Show me the guilty person. That's when I think a lot of people will change heads. And there's been evidence shown. I mean, you you look at 2020, all the stuff that's come out about the 2020 election. There was voter fraud widespread in the nation. But until we start to wake up as Americans and retake our election system and to be able to ensure a proper and fair election is taken out, I, I don't see anything changing anytime soon. Yeah. And the main thing is, uh, you know, that statement right there, you know, I, I, it, it, I am not very confident in the state of Ohio's elections, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to go vote. Right. And uh, Correct. I think more Americans need to have that mindset, especially the people of Georgia. If they decided like, well, Brian Camp is a globalist and I don't believe in our secretary of state and my vote doesn't count anyway, so I'm not going to go vote. Um, I would say that's probably the wrong thing to do and I would encourage you to go vote and that's what we need to do I think that's the main thing Dalton I think getting in people involved making sure they go to the polls and vote maybe run for office go to meetings show up and do something let the politicians know that you're there and you know that's when real change begins and 
I'll never forget um, 2020. And I don't know if you were ever, ever able to uh, come to Columbus and go to any of the uh, uh, 248 or House Bill 248 uh, hearings for uh, while I was in committee and uh, protested down there at the Capitol in that June time or area. I think it was like 20, 2020 or 2021-ish. I, I don't know. It was, it, was a, it was just a wonderful time. I mean, the, the uh, energy in the air to, uh, you know, get people together and try to accomplish things in our own government. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful movement. And it's still here in the state of Ohio, most definitely, but it's not as strong as it was. And that's just because I think we're getting complacent again and, you know, things are happening. But uh, like, no, you, like, you know, uh, COVID's going to come around the pike again or something else, right? So Right. Uh, well, and you mentioned, and you hit the nail on the head, I think, with House Bill 248. Look at how many people were showing up to them protests. I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't get to attend any of them. I got to see on Facebook and through people that were up there showing me pictures just how many people showed up and the amount of energy, like you said, that was in Columbus during that time. And it's just shocking to me that we had a House committee and House leadership on 248 that basically threw it in the dumpster and said, no, we got more important things to worry about, yeah. such as sports betting in Ohio. Right. In my mind, uh, complete control over if how do I want to say it? Discrimination against vaccines in control of what goes into my body when I want it to. I find that a little bit more important than throwing $5 on a football game in the state of Ohio. And it it just shocked me that we had some leadership at the state level say, well, let's focus on more important ideas such as sports betting and not for the power of the people in the state of Ohio. It, It shocked me. Yeah. And the sad thing is, though, this will show you how slow government moves and how it works. The, the sports betting has been up in the air since like 2018. I think that's one of, I don't know, right when Mike DeWine took office, I'm pretty sure it was like, I mean, something could have been done. But, you know, they work their strings. They move as slow as they can. So, mm-hmm. therefore, when this thing comes around so they can take credit for something, then they'll do it. And, oh, instead of taking credit for HB 248, let's go ahead and take credit for sports betting because obviously there was many people in the state of Ohio that wanted sports betting because they're just tired of driving to Michigan and Indiana, you know, to gamble or whatnot. But, um, right. You know, it's most definitely more important bodily autonomy, you know, the freedom over your own body. That is, that is more, most important thing. Uh, absolutely. And it's, and I'm glad that you called out our leadership too. I mean, do you see this, uh, gun legislation that Senator Matt Huffman is letting Matt Dolan just basically smear all over our face? I mean, it's absurd. I, I mean, well, obviously, if the if the machines are correct, we rejected Nan Whaley, I think, by 20 points. Ohioans do not want this radical gun control BS in our state. If so, it would have been a much closer race with Nan Whaley, right? Well, and, think, think. Go ahead. Think back. You, you mentioned Matt Dolan there. Oh, he's a fraud. Think back. Well, think back to the primaries. You had the state Democrat Party encouraging people to register as a Republican and go vote for Matt Dolan. Yeah. Which that, I don't think that they did a very a message. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I think a lot of people have been trying to, you know, uh, rip the mask off of Matt Dolan to expose who he really is. Um, I think when people put two and two together that he is the owner of the Cleveland Indians or former Cleveland Indians, right? Now they call them the Cleveland the, Guardians. They'll they, always they really be Cleveland despite, Indians. Yeah, <laughs> in my heart, most definitely. But, um, you know, when they find out that this is the guy that took away my team, my glorious team name, uh, they tend to not like him. So uh, the truth is coming out about Matt Dolan. Obviously, Donald Trump tried to push the truth during the primary. Um, I don't know how well the truth was received. Um, if you look at the stats and, and you know the vote count, he did a very good job in the state of Ohio uh, with the vote. Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be curious come 2024, and that's another thing we're going to be talking about uh, here on the show today is, is that race, that U.S. Senate race, and... I'm guessing that's one of the names that's going to be brought up most definitely. But yeah, leadership in the GOP, uh, House Bill 248. They need they pick and choose what bills they want to go through. That that I can tell you. And um, I don't know if you're ever interested in trying to be a legislator one day, Dalton. But we definitely need good fighters in there. And uh, uh, my goodness, it's crazy how uh, how the legislation of uh, how it actually works in Columbus. I mean, to get anything passed, 
you you know you got to have all your I don't know you got to have in you got to have something for everybody in there you know what I mean yeah and we got to change if, that you know we got to change that exactly exactly and I'll I'll tell you this I will never throw out the idea of running for state rep or state senate that's wonderful it's, the thing with the thing down in my district is it's all about timing oh I, absolutely. You, if you don't hit the right time, you're not going to go anywhere. Yep. And that's, and that it could be, you know, four years down the road that I run, it could be 40 years down the road, Yeah, but I'll never, I'll never throw that idea. 2024 is going to be, going to be pretty, pretty crazy <laughs> that I can tell you. 2026 is also going to be pretty crazy as well. Uh, Absolutely. I, I don't think we're going to have any, uh, smooth rides from here on out, honestly. To, uh, to no, honest. we won't. But uh, no. but uh, let's go ahead and move on. Enough was a Georgia election. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a Debbie Downer. Um, obviously, it's not what we wanted. But uh, in the meantime, I guess we can, you know, think forward to twenty twenty four. All the House seats are up, all four hundred and thirty five. Uh, we can Absolutely. try to do a lot better job in the House, and then you know try to win some seats back in the Senate. So, you know, that's all we can do, right? Yep. Absolutely. All righty. So, obviously. Uh, well, I guess not obviously because not many people know about this. I don't know why I said that, but uh, you're you're from what you tell me, you're starting uh, a young Republicans down in your area, correct? Absolutely, we've got it started. We had one uh, many years ago. I I would imagine at least fifty years ago, 50 from what years? I've been told. That's it's been over fifty years. Wow. But it's good that you're, it's good that I guess you're making, you know, you're getting that back involved. So I guess for the listeners and for the people, I guess, that don't really know, um, you know, what I said, young Republicans or you're starting that. I mean, could you kind of give us a brief, you know, explanation of what it is? So basically what we're doing with the Adams County Young Republicans is we're taking people that are 35 years or younger and we're basically creating a conservative movement with them. They are the next generation of voters that are going to drive this country in the direction that we want to see happen with conservative values. And what we're trying to create the group, we're not creating the group as an endorsement group before the primaries. That's absolutely not at all what we want to see happen. We've seen the damage that can be done when groups endorse a candidate before the primaries. Right. What we want it to be is we want it to be a Republican group that lays out in the county what each Republican candidate wants to see happen in this county and basically put them on the hot seat to see if they can handle being in that office. But I can tell you right now, we're not going to be voting for Democrats. <laughs> the dip, it is amazing. It, no, we can't. But it is amazing. You go to areas like Adams County, and I'm not just talking specifically Adams County. You go across the state to areas that are similar in the demographics. Democrats have lost a footing in Ohio, and it's only going to continue. But at the same time, we need those young people that are getting out of high school, are going into college of whatever degree that they're going into, whether it be a liberal, liberal arts degree right. or something or something completely different. And we need those young people to create an environment that is sustainable for Republicans to be able to continue the process of implementing conservative values in the state. And that's kind of what we want to do with the young Republicans in Adams County. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful, man. I mean, it is, we need to make sure that we are getting young conservatives and not, you know, cause I, have you been to a lot of like Franklin County Lincoln day dinners or Franklin County events or um, any other uh, Republican party events or County events in the state of Ohio, or you kind of just, you know, hang out in Adams County or, or where you're from. I try hanging out in Adams and Brown County. Okay. That's the two counties that I stay focused on Brown County. If you look back in, the history of voting there, you will see a huge red wave that has swept through that county. There was a, there was a man that uh, moved into Brown County. They called him Mr. Republican. He just recently passed away, but he was a big reason why Brown County turned red. And I believe in 2016, when Brown County voted, 
I think they had a 96 or a 97 percent Republican turnout for the presidential election, which is practically unheard of in the state. So seeing the so seeing the energy that you have in Brown County and being as close as it is to my home county, I get to go over there and see what a lot of their activities are and what they're able to do in the county. And we can bring them back to our county. We can bring that red wave into our county. But it's just a matter of implementing the right policies and putting in the right people through the electoral process to get that done. Yeah. Uh, Do you know if the Brown County uh, Republican Party has a young Republicans? I don't believe so. Okay. Which is which is really interesting considering the uh, voter turnout that they have usually. But I will say, I think it is close to happening if they don't already have one. Because we're starting to see more young voters move up in the ranks. I think I think it'll happen here in the next few years. We'll see. But I believe that Brown County would be a strong county for anybody to go to and work with the Republicans. Yeah, there most definitely needs to be a a movement uh, of people going around uh, the state and trying to form these young Republicans. But you know, forming them the right way, you know, and wanting to be real leaders and not, you know, uh, I like, I mean, I, I really shouldn't name call, but I like to call them this, you know, Mike, DeMo- Mike DeWine minions, for instance, right. Or Jane Timken bots. Right. I don't, right. I don't want people to uh, just want to climb the ladder because that's not right. really what politics should be about. I mean, you getting in this club, this group, uh, it should be a bonding. Could get to know each other, building teamwork, and helping the community. You know what I mean? And learning exactly. skill sets. It shouldn't be about your social status and how much money can you make, right? And exactly. That's what you need to try to get out of politics. And you know, if people have that mindset and you're going into politics, I mean, forgive me, but just get the hell out of that profession. <laughs> if exactly. If that is your, if that is your desire, if that is your, you know absolute goal to have as much, as much money as you can. And, uh, you know, and you, and you want a high social status, don't go into politics because that's, look, that's, we don't need those people in there. Right. Well, look at Washington. You take a salary of, I think a U.S. Senator makes 178,000. I'm not, I'm not sure what the yeah, exact salary you're, is. You're, it's, you're really close. I think it's, right. it's, it's hovering around that $200,000 mark. How are people making $200,000 turning around and becoming multimillionaires within three years of being in office? Yeah, right. I mean, uh, I, I think the uh, $8 million war chest Rob Portman's going to leave with inside his, you know, his, his campaign checking account, you know, $8 million yeah, dollars I, left over. Like, what is that? You know? So yeah, I mean, he, he decided not to spend 8 million. So he just gets to keep it for his retirement or what, you know, like, see, this is why when you also, and, and it'll, they'll kill us before we probably ever are able to do it, Dalton. But, um, I would love to see money, you know, be capped, um, honestly in the political, uh, you know, races and whatnot. There's way too much money flying around in this business and it's, it's causing corruption. It's causing people to be greedy and it's also just causing our country to go flat out broke because people are not realizing the value of money, right? Absolutely. State of Ohio, this, the Secretary of State oh, uh, has guidelines on caps for regular people donating to campaigns. So if they're going to cap the amount of money an individual, say, for example, I want to donate $50,000, I can't. Yep. Because there's a cap on it. Right. So if we're going to cap the citizens on what they can donate with their earned money, then we should cap the politicians on how much they get. Yep. And I'm not saying, you know, the same cap for a county commissioner seat, you know, for a U.S. Senate raise. Right. They, they might differ. They might change. Or or you just might only be able to spend $3 million on all the races, you know, or you know, a presidential race might be a little bit more. You might have some leeway because it's the presidential race and, it's, you know, and, uh, you know, all these other statewide races may be a little different, you know, because, you know, I mean, think about it. There's some state representative races, Dalton, that probably almost spend two hundred dollars to $300,000 each, and they make close to 60000 a year. How does that I make know. any sense? 
you know? It, it does. It's like the same and thing I mean, in D.C., you know, equivalent money-wise. And you mentioned the state representative's race. Look at what happened a couple of years ago with oh, the House energy. Speaker. Yeah. First Energy and Larry Householder. Yeah. How many representatives took money from there? Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of them are still actually serving. Uh, Absolutely. But I would love, I would love to see. Now, now this is a little bit on a side note. I would just love to see the politicians' names that took money from <laughs> First Energy or Larry Householder, and see how many of them actually returned it. Right. I I would just about guess that that list is very little. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing when they, and I don't even know if you can find that list, honestly. It's something that I can try to dive into. Um, now I'm interested. And it's so sad that First Energy went away. We had this wonderful check right above us, actually. I wish we had that camera so you could see it. But it's a wonderful check. Jim Renacci's campaign actually made it. I don't know if you're a fan of Jim Renacci or not, but um, uh, basically has a First Energy check. It says uh, pay to the order of DeWine Crony $1 million because that's how much Mike DeWine has received from First Energy. And, uh, you know, the list goes on, but, uh, yeah, I, I, first energy needs to be talked about. We should never forget first energy. Absolutely. No, that is one thing. That is one corruption case in the state of Ohio. Voters should never forget about. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something, you know, that us Republicans should never forget about too. And uh, us young Republicans, uh, we should always talk about that because we should lead by example. Right. I mean, exactly. Or, or at least have people. Well, we should lead by example. So first off, we shouldn't do the corrupt cronyism that they're doing. And secondly, you should call out your, you know, constitu- or your, your people that you're dealing with, your, your teammates or your brothers or your friends when they're doing wrong things, you know. Um, I think it's crazy how people will go to bat for Mike DeWine. You know what I mean? Like actually like go to bat for him, call him a great governor and whatnot. And, you know, say all this, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, did you guys not, Realize he, you know, appointed Amy Acton to, you know, the, to basically handle COVID, right? This girl is like the most pro-abortion person. Jesus Christ. Excuse me. She's just crazy, right? And then, and then uh, she's being praised to run uh, for Senate in 2024 as a Democrat. <laughs> so, well, not, yeah. Not only the fact that she was pro-abortion, the writing was on the wall because she worked with President Obama. Yeah, right. Right. So, like, why do you have these people close to you? President Obama is a very corrupt president, okay, and not good for our country. Anybody who worked near his administration or anybody who worked honestly with him, I would not trust. So, you know, that's just, that's where I'm at with that. But, yeah, that's a big thing, and I I don't mean to get off topic with the young Republicans thing and whatnot, but I I think it's important that, you know, we got to try to get a lot of the younger people in the direction of working for people and not working for themselves and building careers out of this because, right. You know, obviously I'm on the microphone right now. I'm asking you to do an interview and uh, you know, this is something that, you know, you know, is kind is, is most definitely kind of acceptable. I feel like a career in politics. Like if you want a career in politics, like yeah, you can, you know, do a talk show or be an activist or whatnot, but to be in, to, to milk off of the government, um, day in, day out, uh, the benefits and the people who are double dipping. I don't know if you have anybody in your county, but uh, I think it's out of 20 years or 30 years, whatever, you end up, you know, getting your retirement or whatnot, or uh, I think it's your retirement check for, for you know, your office or whatnot. And you can double dip. So if you if you win let win election after that, you can you can collect two salaries. You know what I mean? So it's just weird. Like that shouldn't be a thing. Like, we shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed to, uh, you know, collect two salaries. If anything, you should be term limited out, but you know, yeah. Sorry about the little rant right. there, man, but you no, know, no, you're you, good. You, you get, you get there, you get that sometimes. I, exactly. And one thing I will say, if you are a person in Ohio that wants to make a career in politics by being an elected official, in my mind, that's all right. As long as you remember, you're working for the people. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that, that is the big thing. I'm, I'm not saying, I guess I didn't clarify myself. Yeah. You, you can be a good public servant. I think there's multiple, you know, uh, people in our, or men in our history, politicians in our history that, you know, were in politics for, you know, most of their life and did a pretty good job, but. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you gotta be a servant for the people and by the people, no doubt about it. Right. And a lot of elected officials have forgotten that. Yep. 
And and we and first off, for the for the elected officials that listen, and there are some that listen to the show, believe it or not, we know who you are, the ones who are not working for the people. And we also know who the ones that are working for the people. So it's not that hard to, you know, to realize who and who isn't working for the people. So uh, once you get into office, all the people out there listening, the wonderful soon-to-be politicians, just don't turn on us because <laughs> that's what happens most of all, and that's what we need to stop. Exactly. But all right, man, I will move on to the next segment. I don't know. I, I forgot to ask you how much time we have. I know that you're a busy guy. Um, oh, we're, like. we're at 30 minutes now. We usually we usually, we usually been having a 30-hour minute or a 30-minute show, but I guess we're going to extend it a little bit longer that's okay with you. I, I think that we're is having a good conversation here. I like it. Um, that is perfectly fine with me. Segments to talk about. Uh, and I think these are probably the most exciting ones, but we should blow right through them, honestly. But all right. So this is somebody who I've kind of been talking about and, and trying to get um, secretly kind of behind the scenes. And I know that I'm, you know, talking to the world right now about my quote unquote secrets, <laughs> but uh, um, I'm trying to get somebody to get J.R. Majewski to run for ORP chairman. All right. And I most definitely think that, you know, I wish he would be our congressman on the ninth district. You know, it is what it is. That's, that's over with. Okay. But what is your opinion on Mr. Majewski and ORP leadership? You think it'd be a good idea? You think it'd be, you think he'd do the job well? I think he would do a great job. J.R. Majewski was one of those candidates that, uh, once he was up in District 9 and we seen the grassroots campaign that he was able to create and run, it spread all over the state. Right. It wasn't just a District 9 candidate. There was a lot of eyes on JR whenever he ran. Right. And that, that in itself sends a message to the leadership. District 9 should have been an easy win, in my opinion. But I think ORP walked away. Well, they most definitely they, did. They abandoned him. McCarthy they absolutely abandoned, did. abandoned him. And he should be ashamed of himself. Bob Paduchik didn't back him up. Mike DeWine most definitely didn't back him up. Frank LaRose did what he could. Um, kind of shot himself in the foot when he opened his mouth because they clipped what he was saying. Could have just been blunt with him. But, uh, you know, Frank LaRose is a, is a spitting image of a politician and, and he knows how to tiptoe around answers but also to the media knows how to clip your answers to where I don't know if he's solid, but I mean, the Marcy capture spent millions and millions and the DNC spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to defeat JR. I guarantee there's money right. that we don't even know of that got spent on JR. I mean, the radios, it was nonstop, nonstop radios about JR lying about his military servers, all these different types of commercials of how JR Majewski is connected to QAnon. JR Majewski is a, Radical right, anti-crazy person. You know what I mean? Whatever. And we know that's not the case at all. Right. JR and is most definitely a veteran, served our uh, country with honor, and uh, should always be, you know, thank, th uh, thanked for that and not, you know, disgraced and, you know, I mean, I know that he's just, he's a strong guy and he can handle it well, but some people, man, I mean, oh, I mean, can you imagine going out in public now after your face was just plastered everywhere for months and months and months about lying and being an awful person? Yeah, and he had nobody to back him up at the state level or the federal level, for that matter. No, no, not in nobody Ohio. Nobody would step Ohio, forward. Ohio, the Ohio Republican Party leadership didn't, didn't do a very good job at, at, no. uh, at, at giving him any type of help. And then, obviously, McCarthy then pulls the funding, right? Right. And not not even JR's district, uh, look further south. We had the redistricting and Steve Shabbat. Yeah, he's, he's done. Been in and out. He's done. He's right? done. One, right. It's, it's, now, it's, it's something. It's crazy. Now, one, one thing I'll say about the Shabbat issue and his district, when you're in office for 26 years, you should be actively doing something for your state. And I think <laughs> Shabbat was one of those that – he sat on his hands far too long and people got fed up with it. Yeah. It, or, the, or, or they just forgot he existed. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if, right. you, I don't know if you I don't know if you heard about this story, but um, there was somebody that passed away. I think a couple of weeks before the election, his apparently name was still on the ballot. He ended up winning the election 
because people right. voted for him because they remembered his name. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah, exactly. And one other thing with the Shabbat uh, district, since in, and I'm relating back to that district because that's very close to me in the southwestern Ohio area. When you start looking at the person that beat him, he's not at all impressive. Right. He was a he was on Cincinnati Council. Cincinnati Council can't keep anything straight anymore. There's so much corruption there that he never should have been a viable candidate for that district. And yet he turns around and wins the race. That just goes to show how two things are enacted. Number one, do something for your district in 26 years. And number two, you should have help from the state and federal government to be able to win, or not, I shouldn't say state and federal government, state and federal leaders for the Republican Party to be able to win your own district. Yeah, and especially when prices are at record high, gas prices are record high, uh, war in the East, apparently, right? And you have an open southern yeah. border that's going on crazily. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's madness going on in the world. Don't tell me that people are accepting and liking these policies that's being forced on them. I, I just, absolutely, I don't believe and that. Yesterday, we seen Joe Biden. He visited, I believe it was Arizona, and he never made a trip to the southern border. And he was quoted for saying there were more important matters at hand. Yeah, How right. is an open border that has a national security risk not an important matter? Yeah. Well, at least that he admits that it's actually a problem though, right? Like he didn't say, well, there's nothing going on there. That's why I'm not going there. Well, there's more important things, you know, like he's a disgrace. He doesn't know what he's saying or what he's doing. Um, we played, we played a clip, uh, from his uh, speech actually yesterday from, uh, from the, the, from Arizona and, yeah, you talk about chips said three nano chips, nano, nano started just saying, just ramble it. And, uh, it was troubling, man, and I, and it's just your normal Biden rambling stuff. The the time the stuff that you've seen before he was even elected, correct or selected, as some say, and you know it, it's just it's it's crazy that this guy is still apparently leading the country, and and in charge. It's it's honestly a disgrace. Well, well, the big the biggest issue that we see is Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. Well, no, whoever is behind the teleprompter is the president of the United States. And we have no idea who that is. Or it could be a board, boardroom of, of men smoking cigars, uh, you know, that are very rich and powerful. Uh, yeah, and, we could have. And, and they're all deciding together. I, I don't know. And for all we know, it's the group of impractical jokers. Right. They could be running the teleprompter for him. We have no idea. And that's the scary part about what's going on in Washington is we have no idea who is actually in charge. I mean, this is the guy that's controlling the nuke codes. You know what I mean? Exactly. He has a nuclear football. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird and that more people aren't concerned about it as well, too. Like, it, like I see some old guy with dementia, and he's got the nuke codes, and you're like, man, yeah, just just go out and about your day. Yeah. Who's playing it, this week during football? You know, like, what time's the game? You know, it's just it's like weird. People, they don't care. I mean, and that's something we need to, I mean, I hate to be such a W Downer when I, people don't care, you know, like, but I, it's true, and. That's one thing that I'm trying to do is get people, you know, more involved and to, to want to care. But man, I mean, that's, that's something we need to work on. It's is getting people involved. Well, the biggest reason why they don't care is because they only cared about getting Donald Trump out of office. That's all they cared about at the time was getting him out. They didn't care how they had to do it. They just wanted him out. And that's what we're seeing. We are seeing the repercussions of those actions today. And who knows how long it'll go. Yeah, it, it's just yeah. we need we need to stop the uh, the political uh, the political weaponization of the FBI too. That's also absolutely nonsense. it's not cool. But let's go ahead and move on uh, for our next segment here. And this and this one's a this one's a goodie. So obviously, there's a big big Senate race coming up in 2024 in the state of Ohio. Do you have any thoughts of who you think might run or maybe any names out there that you'd be willing to support or put your name behind? In my opinion, you can run a dog against Sherrod Brown and he would probably beat him. You really Whenever think you, that because of the Jim Renacy race in 2018, was it? The issue with that is I think too many people were not believing 
the corruption in 2018. Right, right. I and wasn't the impeachment per- and a lot of other bullcrap was going on? Russia, Russia, right? President I, Trump was I, taking some smack. I think that's driven a lot of people. And like I said earlier, when when I was talking about Georgia, Ohio's turned more and more red each year. Yeah. And I think right now, Ohio is at the tipping point of if you are a Democrat running for a state or a federal office, you're you're done, basically, for lack of better terms. Yeah. But so it's can, a Republican stronghold for sure. Majority it is. majority moderate Republicans. <laughs> it is. And I right now, candidate wise, there's I mean, you have a whole you have a whole list of people that could be would not surprise me if we see repeat candidates from the Senate race that just happened. Right. right. I mean, we can see Neil Patel making his way back. He actually called me two weeks after the election and said that he's, he's debating on, he's getting ready for 2024. Interesting. Right. Sorry. I had to bring right. I had to, I had no, to, I mean, that's I had to throw his name in there. He, he needs a name right. recognition, man. It's Neil Patel. Well, I mean, that's a name that could possibly run, uh, Jim Renacci. It would not surprise me after, right. uh, running for gov- the governor's race and losing in the primary, it would not surprise me if he jumps back in. I could see Gibbons. I can see Josh Mandel jumping in. I really don't think Jane Timken's going to come back. Man, I'm surprised I, she's not trying to make a, uh, a shot at this ORP chairman thing. It, it's or chairwoman, a, should I say for her? <laughs> it's a possibility. She can, she can come out of the woodwork and try running at any given point. But when she ran for Senate, it was as if the last month, or I should say two months, she never campaigned. We never seen anything out of her. No, she really stalled. But the thing is, she kept her faith, and they really did, um, uh, I don't want to say a mirage or an illusion, but they most definitely acted like they were going to win. It's weird. They did. You know, They so, did. But it's almost like they knew they were going to lose, but they were going to act, were going to act like we're going to win. Um, and, and, and if you look at the vote total, uh, she didn't do very well at all, especially no. so much name recognition and, you know, being in, being an ORP chairman, right. chairwoman, excuse me. Right. And, you know, it would not surprise me if, uh, the man you were, I, you two were oh, very Mr. close on the campaign. Mr. Mark Bakita. Yeah. He could, uh, he, it maybe, would, he could maybe run again. I don't know. It would not, didn't, it would not surprise me if he ran. That's something we didn't do very well. I, um, I don't know. I don't know if we'd give that a try again, but I can tell you, uh, another person that we haven't mentioned yet, Frank LaRose. I don't know if you've, uh, I don't know what your thoughts on that. Um, I've been hearing it, that he is a possible candidate to brew up to go ahead against Matt Dolan and, um, uh, Sherrod Brown. It, it is a possibility. It would, it would surprise me though, because I believe Frank LaRose is going to make a shot at governor. Oh, I most when Mike Dwine is. Yeah, I I could see that most. Oh, when Mike Dwine's up. See, when's Houston's? When Houston's time though, right? Because remember, yeah. didn't they say that Hugh or Mike Dwine was only going to run for four years, and Houston was going to take over after that because Houston was actually running for governor before Mike Dwine, and then they ended up joining teams. I don't know if you remember that or not. I remember that well, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So you know, it's just it's weird how all these politicians play out and make their backroom deals, and oh, rub your back, and I'll scratch yours, and blow, you know, like. Yeah, that's right. stuff we need well, to stop. But obviously something's in the work, what works, wouldn't you say? There's there's something there. And another candidate, and this is kind of an off-the-wall pick for me to see run. I don't know if he will. I think I would support him if he would run. Uh, Representative Warren Davidson. Warren Davidson, wonderful. I, I, I can see I Warren see. Davidson has become a voice in Washington. I was just there uh, several months ago for a conference and we got to go up on the Hill and meet with several of the elected officials there. We got to listen to uh, outgoing Senator Rob Portman, uh, listen to Sherrod Brown uh, and several other house speak or house representatives that we've seen. And Warren emerged as a voice, him along with Jim Jordan. Yeah. When they come into a group of people who don't share the same background, I was there for an agricultural conference. They came in to the gold, what they call the gold room, 
And they spoke to the people that were in there, which is a surprise because Jim nor Warren are on the ag committees. But they came in, talked to the people, and then they had to go to another committee that was actually holding a vote at that point. But to see both of them come into that gold group, that spoke volume to me. Right. They were there for the people. They were. They were. So we've talked about Jim Jordan running before. I think he's going to stay in this House district. He said he wants to stay in the House, and that's where he's needed. But Warren Davidson, if you remember when the primaries were going on for governor, Warren Davidson's name came up in multiple conversations of running. Oh, he sure did. And I, I can say he actually even went to Mar-a-Lago to meet with Trump. He he did. So it would not surprise it would not surprise me one bit if he runs against Sherrod Brown. And it honestly wouldn't surprise me if he beat him. Now, things can change in the next election cycle. We have no idea of what the future is going to hold. Well, things are going to start to brew here in the next couple of days because the next next election cycle is almost here and Georgia Senate Georgia elections over. I would say by the first of the year, you're going to see some uh, things start to pick up. Absolutely. And if I mean, Trump's already some... announced that he's running. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's early. It is very in the early. run, but I think he's got a lot of work ahead of him just because of what the Democrat party has done to him since 2020. Yeah. And the Republicans. You see that you see the January 6th, uh, committee meeting. They've done nothing but bash his name to yeah. the American people. They're just hosing him right now. Bad. Absolutely. So Bad. the president, exactly. President Trump's got an uphill battle, no matter which way you cut it. Right. And it's going to be interesting to see what 2024 brings. He's going to need a lot of people beside him that I can tell you. He's going to need all he his will. people that were loyal to him to stay loyal. That he does. He absolutely does. Because if that's not the case, then he's he's probably gonna be done too. But um, you know, we gotta we gotta we gotta wish the best. But yeah, that was a little good length of uh US Senate candidates there as a list as a, as as a, as the time goes on, we'll obviously get a bigger, you know, view of what's gonna happen there in the, in twenty twenty four. But um, you know, I appreciate your uh you know, your comments on that, man. That uh, the US Senate race is important. And now moving on to the last segment that we have for you today don so the u.s presidential race okay in 2024 obviously we talked about president trump he's announced he's running who do you think is going to compete against him i think we'll see ronda sanis jump in no way you really believe that i i think he will i know he said that he's going to stay in florida isn't that going to just wreck everything though like our party and a lot of just Everything, don't you think? It's a possibility. But here's here's what I'm looking at. If DeSantis doesn't jump in to the presidential race, I can see President Trump calling him and saying, I want you as my vice president, because that will win a lot of Republican voters back to the MAGA movement. But here's what I'll say in return to that. The media has painted a picture of... The Sanus and Trump as enemies. Oh, they have, and they I believe have. they've and kind of shown that publicly too, they, with they comments have. from both. I'm not saying enemies, right. but they're definitely not on the same page. Right, right, and I and I think what it's come down to is you have so many people that have said already, if DeSantis runs, I'm going to run, or I'm going to vote for him, or yeah, if Trump runs, of, I'm definitely voting for him. There's a ton of those people. I've already committed. Th- right, and I think that's sort of influenced a little bit of a feud between them. Now, you go back to election day in November when Trump was interviewed by the media coming out of the polling place, and he said he voted for Governor DeSantis right. back in. So I, if, in my mind, knowing how Trump was for the last, since 2016, if Trump truly did not like DeSantis, he never would have commented on that. I think he would have let it go. Yeah, Trump Trump does not comment or call people out unless they, you know, purposely do stuff to, to harm or hurt Trump or, you know, Trump, obviously. Or he just doesn't like you. You know what I mean? I don't it, know, you know. I mean, Trump exactly. doesn't, I don't think Trump is going to waste time to write a statement 
uh, when it's not going to benefit him or you didn't do anything just to piss him off, you know, in my right. opinion. Right. And some other candidates that I see, uh, Mike Pence would not surprise me at all. Oh, he's if definitely he jumped running. into the race. He's definitely running. That's in my mind. Definite. I can, I can almost I, want to bet on that. I'm not usually a betting man. Well, I'm broke, so you're gonna to have to find somebody else to bet yeah, with on that I one. Guess I, wasn't, you know, <laughs> I guess I wasn't trying to, you know, bet against you. But oh, I know, I know. But in my mind, Mike Pence, that's going to be a waste of money because the Republican yeah. Party has shied away from him. Yeah. Uh, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem, I can see her running against Donald Trump. I can, I can see it happening in the beginning, but I can also see her pulling out of the race rather early. Right. To jump in and support another candidate. Do you think that's automatically going to be Donald Trump? Because I'm just I'm just curious because I see other things from her as well, right? Exactly. So maybe she is one of those, you know, um, sleeper cells that we really didn't catch, right? It's kind of a, it is a possibility. But she also it did just a- something really interesting in North Dakota, and it was, um, or excuse me, South Dakota, correct? Not, I can't even remember what I said. Did I say South Dakota? Yeah, I think she's South Dakota. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, she, uh, she just banned all TikToks on government iPhones and, uh, cell phones. So that's, that's wonderful, right? It you, is. If you own a government property, you cannot, uh, download TikTok because of the, uh, you know, crap that TikTok's able to do and, you know, ciphers into all your data and whatnot. So, you know, right. I don't know. They do these little things though, to keep us down. Just like, you know, it's about like me saying, Oh, Mike DeWine's a wonderful gun carrying, you know, gun toting Patriot. He signed constitutional carry. Ah, that's not the case. Mike DeWine would take away your guns faster than crap if he could. And if you'd let him, but the, we already know the, the Ohioans won't let him. Right. I mean, it would be madness if Mike DeWine tried to take away his guns. So that's why he's not taking away his our guns. But, um, um, Anybody else? Uh, right. Anybody else that rings a bell in twenty twenty four? I mean, we can see. What do you think about Kanye? What do you think about Kanye? Let's talk about Kanye. Oh right. man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was afraid you were going to bring him up. <laughs> Kanye is an interesting character. I will say that much for him. Is he presidential material? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Do I think? Do I think his heart's in the right place for it? I do to a point because we have no, we have no idea what he's truly thinking. No, we don't. He, he tried, he tried running in 2016. We see how that went. Yep. And, and he even thought just, about it in 2020. Absolutely. Which was, was kind of weird, right? Cause like it, it was already president. It was, it, it was weird. So really, I don't know what he's thinking. If he, I can tell you right now, if he runs, I won't vote for him in the primary. No. Yeah. I mean, I, he's not going to win. It's not going to happen. After his public remarks of Mr. Adolf Hitler, I, I don't know if you can, you know, publicly recover from that, you know? No, you can't. Um, and plus, I mean, being married to a Kardashian, I don't think that's going to help his case any. <laughs> well, they are divorced. <laughs> I mean, they're really not on the same page. So. Well, well, yeah, but having that lack of judgment to marry a Kardashian in the yeah, first place kind of right. raises yeah, some red flags to me. You got to give him a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if only, yeah, if only he knew, right? <laughs> exactly. If only he exactly. knew the heartbreak it would cause him. Absolutely, absolutely. But no, Kanye, but, I mean, yeah, the the the, uh, the comment, I mean, not a cool comment. I mean, I get, I get, there's some things where I understand where he's coming from with a statement, right? You got to listen to the whole interview. People got to dive into the interview. Our listeners understand what I'm talking about because I've kind of been talking a little bit about it on the show, but, you know, um, there's, there's a state banking system. There's a federal banking system. There's a central banking system. You know, these are things that are pushed on us, you know, all the time. Um, the centralized banking system was being pushed on Adolf. Adolf was a big state, state central bank guy. So, you know, that's like, I think what kind and like another thing too, kind of, he's wrong about the microphone, by the way. I don't know if you've heard his clip about the microphone deal. Did you hear that clip? No, I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, so 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 he he mentioned and he uh, made a statement that Adolf Hitler created the microphone. That is not that is not correct. You know, I did that research on my own. The microphone was actually created before Adolf Hitler was even thought of, I believe, <laughs> or at least born. Yeah. So you know that's not right. So it it makes me wonder where he's getting his information from, too. You know, what I mean? right? 
Um, obviously, right. it's not all the best information, and I think Kanye should double check some stuff that he's saying. But um, you know, he probably gets it from the same place Joe Biden gets his information from. Man, that's, that's <laughs> harsh. That's harsh. I, 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 I don't even know, I know. If Joe Biden gets information more or less. Just well, you know, he a, might, but he forgets about it. A, a radio, a radio telepathic signal that gets shot into his head or shot to his head or whatever. But that's um, probably it. But yeah, twenty twenty four is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, there's I, I, there's one there's one potential candidate though that. Would not surprise me if she makes a run at it just because of the sheer hate she has for Donald Trump, and that's Liz Cheney. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought her name up. That's wonderful. What about Ted Cruz? You see, could you see Ted running? Ted's going to be a flip of a coin in my mind. Yeah. If Ted runs, I think he will have a lot of support, but where he is part of the MAGA movement and was after President Trump was elected into office, it would be a hard. It, it would be an uphill battle for him too to jump ship that soon. Yeah. I most definitely wonder how, man, that would just be a powerhouse field. Liz Cheney, Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Christy Nome, Donald Trump, you know, uh, Kanye West, all up on the Republican debate stage. Wouldn't that just be a crazy madhouse? That would be something that primetime television would want to air. Yeah, we know exactly how 2016 went. Just can't, I just can't wait till 2024. That, it, that I it can will, tell you. 2024 it will be very interesting. It's going to be great. It will be. It's the best ever. It will be. And I can tell you right now, whoever gets the nomination, minus Liz Cheney, I can see whoever gets it of the list of names we make, maybe not Kanye, definitely not Liz. I can see any of those names beating Joe Biden. Yeah. It can it, happen. It, if there's no shenanigans. Right. Yes. That's, that's going to be the key to all of this. We've seen it happen. How it is 2022. It'll be 2024 when this election happens. I know there is, there is absolutely no reason that a state cannot have ballots counted by the end of the day, because it's a, a lot of it's electronic yeah. anymore. How, and that's a scary thing to think about. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. But how, like, how can you be proud of yourself, Katie Hobbs, when you're certifying an election and then you're also certifying yourself, but it's like weeks after the election. Like, I, I just don't understand how they can get up and speak in front of cameras without feeling just totally worthless and, and realize that they have no reason to be in that position of power. <laughs> Right, right, but, but, and you know, but is, that's how the, but yeah. that's how they work. Yeah, they that's how they operate. They're not thinking about anybody else's needs, but their needs. And, exactly. You know, that's why we need to get other people involved because there's a lot of good people out there, and there's a lot of. I mean, we could we could have such a great country with you know wholesome leaders, and you know, but there's just not. That's why we, we can't. It, and I'm gonna say the United States is still the greatest country. On oh, Earth, yeah, it oh, will yeah. always be the greatest country on Earth until it falls. Yeah, I ain't leaving this place. They're gonna have to nah. kill me here. Every, sure. Everybody, everybody that talks about, well, I'm leaving the United States because I don't agree with Joe Biden. I'm leaving because I don't agree with Donald Trump. Okay, I'll buy your plane ticket. Yeah, get I'll buy you one way. Get out because this is the United States of America. We were founded on the principles of Christianity. Right. We are the only country that honors that in a way that makes us who we are. And I think we need to continue to have that mindset when it comes down to anything. Sure, nobody's going to agree on the same thing every single time. No, It's not going to happen. But we need to remember who we are as a nation and as a society we are the leaders of we are we are just leaders and yep. we all need to work together to accomplish what we can in this country absolutely before we don't have one and before we're not able to make decisions like that on our own man that was wonderful absolutely and i really do appreciate that man and uh you know, I really do appreciate you coming on at the end of the show or at the end of our time. Usually when I have a guest on, I would love for them to, you know, leave any type of information that they have that, you know, people can find you on. If you're on social media or you do any of that stuff, if you have any channels or whatnot to, 
go ahead and leave that any websites or whatever. If you have it, leave it. Um, if not, well, that's cool. But, um, also too, if you need a, like a, an ending statement, anything you want to leave the listeners with, that would be wonderful too. But you know, we do appreciate you coming on, man. Really do. And, had a good time. Well, I appreciate that, Sam. And to all the listeners out there, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm sure Sam will have something up on his page. You can look it up and you can find my usernames on there. But to all the listeners, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and lead. As I said, we are the United States. We need to lead as we were meant to. And I think if we step up and talk about what's right in this country and we go away from the stigmatism of, well, if you're Republican, I can't talk to you. If you're Democrat, I can't talk to you. We need to get away with that from that work together with the political leaders that we can and the emerging leaders. And I think together the United States can continue to succeed Absolutely. because if not, we will lose it. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, I don't want to see and, you know, we're way too young to, uh, to be going down this road because, you know, we got a lot of life ahead of us and we most likely will if we don't do anything about it. So, you know, that's got to stay engaged and keep doing what we're doing. Dalton Black, I really do appreciate you coming on the show, man. You're welcome anytime. And uh, please, please keep in touch. I really do appreciate the, you know, the, the show. It was wonderful, man. And, well, I appreciate it. Yep, just, just stay in touch, man. I sure will. I appreciate the offer of you having me on here. Yep. And uh, if you need anything, just let me know. And I uh, hope that we're able to see each other at events or sometime. And, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy these last couple uh couple days before your final long break, right? Uh, being in college and whatnot, I'm sure you're just ready. Well, actually, I'm I'm out now, Sam. <laughs> when, when did you get out? Just last year? I I got it. I got. I made it out in May. I guess I didn't I, see that, and I guess I forgot. Or if not, I'm sorry, man. You're really rolling through stuff, then, huh? That a boy. I, it was. I as soon as I graduated, I hit the ground running with. Uh, the new job and everything so it's it's been a whirlwind it's hard to believe that it's december and i've been out for over six months but you know we're just getting started yeah and how old are you 21 yeah so you're my yeah sweet man that's yep. wonderful you keep doing great things man and uh i really do appreciate you coming on the show have a great well, i appreciate it day, you man. keep the fight up awesome. <laughs> we will have a great day man take care right. you do the same thank you sir yep bye-bye right. bye Dalton Black, wonderful guy, wonderful kid, wonderful friend, big fighter, and uh, somebody, you know, that wants to make some change. And, um, you know, I like the show, and I like that we're able to do stuff like this, bring other people on, talk about some stuff, whatever. It's good stuff. I mean, this is why we're doing what we're doing right here. I mean, you can't get any better than that. You just can't. You really just can't. Okay. It is the best. But I hope you all had a wonderful Friday. I know that we didn't talk about much news. And I know that, you know, it was more just a discussion with some things going on, young Republicans, some things about uh, Dalton and whatnot. But Monday is going to be a great episode, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have a special guest on that is diving into the voter rolls in the state of Ohio, and he's finding a lot of stuff that is pretty troubling. And you guys are going to hear about this. So make sure you tune in 11 a.m. Monday. It is going to be a great episode. And I can't wait for it. I really can't. I, the information that I've already gotten, he said, this is just a little bit, man. This is just a little bit. I'm just warming you up. And we talked for 40 minutes, by the way. Okay. So I'm, we're, we're definitely going to try to squeeze it down. I don't want to have you guys listening to a podcast for two and a half hours or anything like that. But, um, you know, <laughs> just be excited that I can tell you. All right. So we got to move on to the verse of the day. It's so important to bring Jesus Christ into your life and onto the show. We love to do this with the Bible verse of the day coming from the Holy Bible. All righty. This comes from the book of Matthew again, verse 20, or excuse me, chapter 25, verse four, the King will reply. Truly. I tell you, whatever you did, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. That comes from the book of Matthew, verse 25, excuse me, chapter 25, verse 40. 
I want to repeat this one more time. I want to repeat it because I think it's an important verse. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. It's very important. It's also very important to tell people to to look into Jesus Christ, to accept him into your heart. If you see a stranger, ask them how they're doing. Ask them if they know Jesus Christ. You might make their day. You might save their life. Remember that. Remember that. All righty, thank you so much for listening. I look forward to bringing you more news, content, interviews, and talk shows. If you haven't already, please check out our website, theredfutureradio.com. Excuse me, it's just redfutureradio.com, not the. Redfutureradio.com. We also have the Sam McGuire Show on Telegram. Please check it out. Brand new channel. Subscribe to it. Share it to other channels. We would love to grow that platform. We have social media on all other types of platform. The username is at Samuel C. McGuire. We have Facebook, Twitter, True Social, Instagram, Getter, Telegram, Frank Social, and TikTok. My emails, Samuel C. McGuire at gmail.com. God bless every single one of you. Thank you so much, Don, for coming on. God bless. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio. 